Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. I'm Jen Boyles, your host, and today I have Craig Webb with me. Welcome, Craig. Hello, Jen. Happy to be here. Thank you. Great. Great to see you. Let's start with you telling us a bit about who you are and what you do. So primarily, I was a hotelier. I was in hotels for 32 years in hospitality. And the last 17 years, I was a general manager of a, a two hotels in the Cotswolds for a group of hotels called Bespoke. They have about 100 hotels around the UK. So I was, like I said, a GM and over the last probably 10 years, I've learned digital marketing and that started when I was running a hotel that was in administration. So the banks gave it to the group of bespoke hotels and gave them the keys and said, this is not doing very well. They're taking it back from Mm -hmm. the owner and and allowed us to run it and, and we need to get it sold basically. So if I did a good job, I was going to lose my job. Right. So I did a good job. And, yeah. but at that point, there was no money. We're told there's no money to spend on anything, but you need right. to improve the figures. You know, you need to get the sales up and you need to improve the bottom line, but you can't spend anything. So that's when I really started racking my brains and turning towards social media and that sort of thing, which wasn't, wasn't really a thing at the time. So I was probably one of the first hotels in the UK to have a, a business Facebook page, even though there wasn't business pages at the time, it was just people back then, wasn't it? But I was running competitions on Facebook and, you know, come and tell mm-hmm. us a joke and you'll win a free room and all this sort of stuff. So I was doing crazy things just to get eyes on my business and, and try to generate direct bookings even back then. So that's where it all started. But yeah, it just grew and grew. And I then Instagram came along and then... LinkedIn got bigger and then I started learning SEO and it just just grew from there. Yeah, you get sucked into it, don't you? Yes. Yeah, good. Well, let's get back to your your sort of beginning. Where How did you get into hospitality in the hotels? How did I get into it? Well, I was always going to be a police officer and actually it's my sister that's the police officer now. I thought, well, I was a bit young to be a police officer, so I'll go and get a job somewhere for a couple of years, get a bit of life experience so I can deal with the public. I started working in the hotel, and as we know, it's a very transient industry. People come and go very quickly, mm-hmm. lots of students. 
and promotion's very easy to come by in hospitality. So before I knew it, I was a head receptionist, then I was an events manager, and then a deputy general manager. And actually then, when I was probably ready to change career and become a police officer, I would then have to drop my salary and go all the way back down again. So I'd started building my career. So at that point, I didn't feel, you know, to leave hospitality was the right move. So I also got diabetes and that kind of put put the stop on me becoming a police officer because I could be having low blood sugars while I was arrested. No, no, just just wait a second. I've got to have a bite of sugar. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, just hold on. I need a little, little snack. Yeah. So yeah, I just carried on hospitality and, and then became a GM and that, that was it. I never looked, never looked back really. Yeah. Well, that's great. My, my father, I don't know if I've told you this, but my father is a retired GM, general manager. Did you? Yeah. And yeah. so I grew up in hotels. Um, so this is all very, very familiar to me, this, this world. And I think that you're right about it being quite transient. You know, people come and they'll, they'll work for a summer, you know, or exactly. work for a season, you know, and then and then yeah. off they go. So if you stick around, you do a good job. Yes, you can move up, can't you? Exactly. I, I don't even think I did that good a job. I was just <laughs> the best of the rest. <laughs> I must have been okay. I was with the same company 17 years. So You must have been. You must have been. You must have been. Yeah. And when, can you walk us through sort of a day in the life of a GM? Like what were you responsible for? Oh, everything. So my last role, let's let's refer back to that. It's freshest in my mind. And I was there seven years. So I was running two hotels in the Cotswolds. One was a four-star hotel with a spa. And directly opposite over the high street was a three-star hotel, like a Cotswold Inn. No two days are the same. And that actually is what I enjoyed about it because I don't like boring. I don't like repetition. But really it was about ensuring the operation was running smoothly. There were so many moving parts in a hotel. And if you, the, the short-term rental owners that are listening think they have moving parts with organizing the cleaners and, and the booking, they have no idea. You know, when you're tying in early arrivals, late checkouts, spa days, tickets to the local attraction, coupled with afternoon tea, a massage and dinner all happened to be served at the right time in a seamless way. And many different things going on in a hotel at the same time. So you might have the restaurant running, you've got a wedding in the function room, you've got a core arriving from China on a bus and they all need their bags moving. Like I say, so many moving parts. And I think most of it was about managing staff. So I had over 60 staff in the two hotels, and mostly it was about motivating them, training, recruiting, and just constantly monitoring monitoring staff, really. But you have to be very disciplined in hotels to, mm-hmm. to keep everything moving forward. Yeah, it's a big team, 60 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So we're going to talk today about our sector, the short-term rentals, holidays, vacation rentals, whatever you want to call them. We're going to talk about talk, talk about them and what they can learn from hotels and the experience that you've you've had. How did you? Let's start first with how did you sort of cross over from hotels into short term rentals? Okay, well, it started really just through the marketing. So I started my marketing company in lockdown. I did go back to work after lockdown and was sort of hankering to go back. So January this year, January twenty three. 
I quit my job and, and went full time in the marketing. But in the sort of digital marketing hospitality world, it tends to be the SCR world that need or are looking for most help. Hotels tend to have their own marketing teams. And it just so happens to be that the people I'm hanging out with online, like yourself, are kind of in that SDR world as well. And, and I'm sort of getting dragged into it. And I'm finding I'm occupying a unique space where I've got the experience from hotels, which I feel is slightly ahead of the SDR world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with my digital marketing and hospitality experience, I can help others achieve their goals. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's start talking about what our sector can learn from hotels. Where do you want to start? Well, I think already the, the, the lines between the sectors are blurring. You know, we've already got hotels opening apart hotels, mm. um, hotels opening short-term rentals branded as, you know, the lodge by Holiday Inn, whatever, for example. So, all you know, the lines are really blurry and... The STR industry is getting better at adding add-ons and bolt-ons to the stays and sort of learning from hotels. I think it's important to see hotels have learned from the flight industry, the Mm -hmm. airline industry. Mm -hmm. Certainly with pricing, you know, hotels would have their rates in the past. It was like summer, winter, midweek, weekend. And that was it. Yeah. That was your rate. And then we started learning from the, from the airline industry. We say, well, the first 10 seats are £40. And then the next 10 seats are £60. And as demand grows, the rates go up. And actually, hotels started learning that yielding and, and rate management. And I think that sometimes property owners are not looking at their whole, all of their assets like, like a hotel, like individual units and saying, well, actually, let's start a bit lower. And when we sell some and get some occupancy, we'll then, you know, we've got money in the bank then, we've paid our, we can pay our way, and then we can start getting the cream and the icing on top and adding, adding to the rates, you know, and building up. So that's what hotels do. And, and they started much earlier on having more dynamic pricing, mm-hmm. minimum lengths of stays, two nights minimum on a Saturday, or they would close further out, they were closed to OTAs. You know, we, we were closing out every Saturday to the OTAs from May to September, but we knew we would fill. Yeah. So, you know, okay, we might fill later and we might panic a little bit that, oh, the other hotels are full and we're closed on booking.com. What, what are we going to do? Should we open? We said, well, actually, we know the booking window is yet to come. The peak booking window we know for our property might be 10 days out. Right. So there's no point panicking until seven days out because we know the booking window is still to come and, and actually measuring those, those metrics, like knowing when people book each property and each property type or each room type in the case of hotels helps you manage your rates. Yeah. So it's really drilling down and having that rate plan and, uh, you know, a structure in place for your whole year where you know your peaks and troughs, you pull out, you plot your peak days, you know, a year in advance, you plot your quiet times a year in advance and, and you build from there. So some of the other things obviously hotels can do, and it's not as easy in, in short-term rental is that we have packages. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to sell bed and breakfast, 
dinner, bed and breakfast, of course, you know, the luxury package, the package with the, the, the spa included. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's more difficult for a short-term rental. You don't have those facilities on site, but you certainly can package up different different rates. Advanced purchase is cheaper than, or you can add a breakfast box to be added in, or you could have yeah. a romance package and get your cleaner to leave some rose petals and some some upsells. Yeah, you know, it, whatever yeah. it is, or team up say, with somebody else in the in correct. the local area. Yeah, absolutely. And the local restaurant, if, you know, there are so many short-term rentals, the local restaurant, if they're teaming up with you, they'll, they'll easily give you a kickback, you know, two pounds a cover for each booking or something like that. And if you can have a an affiliate link on your site to the local restaurant, they'll happily pay you because um, they're, they're already paying the, uh, what are they called? The web, the reservation diaries for you know, right. the online. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. already paying those people for per cover they get. So yeah, quite happy it's to almost pay, like to their, their own OTA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Providing them a service there, yeah. Yeah. So I think that I keep hearing like the um, rental industry concerned about the capability of the the channel manager, Mm -hmm. and you know it can't work the the configuration of what they need. So they've got a room that's a zip and link bed. It can be a twin or a double, and it can have a sofa bed, and it can take a cot. And sometimes the configurations don't work so that the customer can book and see those options. Right. Whereas in the hotel world, we've tackled that. We sorted it long ago and it's not an issue. So in a hotel, you can click on the single room, the double room, the superior room, the suites, the hot tub suites. So you've got five different room types and you can say whether you want it as a twin, a double, there's three people in it, two people in it, an extra bed no feather pillows, and you can map it to have it as an advanced purchase rate, a bed and breakfast rate, a dinner bed and breakfast rate, a spa break rate, or a romance package rate. Mm-hmm. So that was different. There are many options which mm-hmm. the hotel world has worked out how to map and feed all of those different rates and packages to all the different OTAs, and it works seamlessly. So why are we struggling with that? I don't know. I don't know. I, yes. I don't know whether it's the the channel managers that are being used that don't have as much functionality. Maybe, yeah. Exactly. It didn't need the functionality. And now it, it probably does to be able to open up those avenues and add-ons that you could you could possibly sell but that hotel OTAs can integrate with. Yeah. 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 And bookings, because I know the hotels are ahead of us in in quite a few ways. You know, they've sort of tackled the OTAs already. And, you know, the flight industry, which you've just mentioned, is mm. even before them. They've already tackled, you know, the OTAs in their in their industry and then hotels and now sort of us. What about direct bookings in hotels? What have they mm. learned that we're still trying to to figure out? I think some of them I've gone on their own. Travel Lodge, I think, is one. You can't book on the OTAs. You can only book direct. Mm. So it's a bit like the insurance industry. You know, you've got direct line, isn't it? They hang their hat on that. You can only book direct. Yes. Uh, so some have literally gone on their own, but they have the resources to do so. They've got a head office and everything else. And there are even people in the hotel world where they firmly sit in the camp of, well, I don't want to pay marketing staff. I don't want 
to pay to their office, to feed them, to give them uniform, to pay holiday pay and liabilities and everything else, I'll just give it to the OTAs because actually I think it's quite good value to pay 15%. Hmm. So, so even the industry is, is a bit divided and okay. I think it, it just depends how they've, how they've developed and how they've grown their own brand. But most hotels obviously have a decent website with a decent booking engine and a good converting. Yep. When, you, when you book on a hotel website, you're not booking, you're not booking on that site, going through a booking mask and going through, through a channel manager generally, like it does in the, in the STR world. But it tends to work a little bit more seamlessly. Like I say, different packages and upgrade options mm-hmm. along the way. And of course, when they book that way, you've got the customer data. Which you would if you booked on a short-term rental. If you if they booked direct, you'd have their own data. Generally, in a hotel, you've got another opportunity to get customers' email because they're doing a check-in. Yes. They're physically with you. Yes. So you can say, we must have your name, telephone number, and email address. So you can get that at check-in and put it into your property management system. And then obviously you can export that at a later date. So there, there are a few more opportunities to get people to, to give them your your day two in hotels. Yeah, because we sort of gone through, I think, well, the pandemic helped with it, that, you know, short-term rentals, it's almost like we're almost afraid to meet people face-to-face these days. And hotels, of course, you've got that built in because you're coming right in the front door. Do you have any, do you have any, any opinions on that? Well, I think it's all about the customer relationship. And it always kind of bothered me that sort of booking.com would charge you 15% commission, which I think is about 50% of your profit. Yeah, they'd be asleep at night, you know, having left their corporate job at 5 p.m. and we'd still be there serving the customers at midnight and they're taking half the profit, Mm -hmm. uh, which was quite frustrating. So it kind of encouraged me to sort of have information on the website to give customers a reason to book direct. I I think think customers are quite savvy. They will go on the OTA, then they will check out your own website to get sort of verification. And then they'll often go back to the OTA to book if they get their points or a perceived discount. But actually at that point, when they go to your website um, looking for that verification, I always had some information there of reasons to book direct. Yeah. So I'd say free parking, free, free first in the queue for a free upgrade, free Wi-Fi, and, uh, you know, Breakfast yeah. included, whatever. Now, actually, the truth was most of them were all available on the booking.com anyway, but it played to the customer's fear that it wouldn't get that if mm-hmm. it didn't book direct. Uh, certainly a lot of hotels now, the OTAs will say to them, you have to have rate parity. So the rate on booking.com has to be the same on your own site because they're looking to say, well, if we're going to market you, the price needs to be the same. So the get around for hotels is to say, okay, well, we'll make it the same. But if you book direct with us, breakfast is included. Yeah. Or if you book on the OTA, it's a standard room. And if you book with us, you'll get a superior room. So there's a few more tips and tricks we could use to convert it. Yeah. And I, I stayed at a hotel in, I think it was February, in the Lake District in England here. And I wanted to book direct. I found them, I can't remember if I found them on booking.com or if I found them on just on Google. I can't remember how I found them, but of course I went on their website and I saw that the price was way higher on their website. Right. And I was like, 
Yeah. It shouldn't be. Yes, I know. They're really missing a trick. And I rang them because I had a question about something else. And so I asked the person who answered the phone, where is the best place to book? And she said, well, on our website. And I said, I'll get the best price there. And she says, of course you will. So I went back and I looked and the price, now we're talking, it was substantially higher. Booking.com offered me free breakfast as well as a, the price. You couldn't, you couldn't compare it. We're talking, you know, four or 500 pounds. Wow. And so, of course, I booked on Booking.com. You know, so I think we have a perception that all the hotels have learned. Oh, they're not. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're still learning. And like I said earlier, the industry is transient and then a new receptionist will come along and they they won't, they won't get it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It 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 should work. If they've got the revenue manager rights, they're feeding in the rates into the, into the channel manager and that's mapped correctly to feed the rates out to the OTAs in a certain way. So that shouldn't really happen. But I think that's a really good point of what you said is that, you know, we use signposting on the OTAs, OTA, sorry, making sure that your branding is there so that people will then check you out on your website and then giving them a reason to book, yeah. you know, and while you're, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While you're here, book, you know, free yeah. parking, you know, a voucher for a breakfast box or a voucher to the local restaurant or, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. That extra value. Yeah. What else do you think we can learn from hotels? What else can we learn? I think that, well, we've talked about packages and, and selling. I think we need to think about hotels drill down through their accounts far more than I've seen people do in the short-term rental industry. I, I, I only talk about that anecdotally. I've not heard people talk about their accounts. So I only hear people talk about their top line and maybe their bottom line. They're all the vanity metrics, but they're not talking about the middle of the account, which actually is where the information is of which sets you up for success or failure. So hotels will obviously produce a set of profit and loss accounts every single month pertaining to that previous period and look at every single figure possible. Now, some won't obviously pertain to the short-term rental industry because we're talking food and beverage margins, you know, that that sort of thing or spa costs, which you won't have. Linens. Absolutely. Well, we start Mm -hmm. drilling down into cost of linen per room sold, housekeeping cost per occupied room, energy cost per occupied room, commission as a percentage of top line sales or commission as a, a pound per, you know, per room sold. And it depends how you want to dice up these figures. You only need to put them in once into a spreadsheet and get it, you know, properly formatted by a professional. And actually, you know, as long as you feed those figures in once a month, you know, how much does it cost me for tea coffee making facilities? How much does it cost me for soaps and disposables? Then the middle of the account will tell you where you're perhaps losing items. You might have a bit of theft. You might have a bit of loss. And then you can start investigating. So it's only, it's only over time you, you start building a picture and you know where in the account to look at and tackle. So in a hotel, I think a problem will only be a problem for maximum four to six weeks before the red flags start appearing in the profit and loss account that you can go, okay, right, something's going on with laundry. You know, the laundry company is charging us for next door 
hotel by mistake or sending us the wrong invoice or whatever. You know, and it could be anything. There was, I worked in a hotel once, they had a leak, had a water leak, Mm. but we didn't know, but we didn't see the leak. It was on the ground. It was not until the water bill came in, there was, there was this red line on the, on the account. So, well, we need to look, where is this water going? So actually we then did some more investigating and we found we had a leak and of course the meter were around and we're losing money. But if we didn't look at the accounts properly, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So it's getting into the details, isn't it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. Definitely. I think everyone's so focused on cop line and uh, I made this money. No, you didn't. Let's look at the costs. So if there was one thing that you think that short-term rentals could learn from hotels, what do you think is the biggest thing that people could take away with today? I think let's give you two. I'd say let's look at how they can create more sort of dynamic packages and pricing for their property to give up sales, giving you more top line and spend the time, invest in a decent accountant and create a, a good piece of Excel tech that will record all of your costs properly uh, yeah. and, and do it religiously every month. So you can track where your money's going. Yeah. And I'm going to add the other point that you made too about when people come to your website, give them a reason to book direct, not just say book direct, give them a real reason, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Great. (laughs) So I can't let you leave without asking you, what does direct booking success mean to you? Okay. It's okay to have a customer booking on an OTA. It's fine. It's not okay to have the same customer book time and time again. So let's call it cost of acquisition. And if we look at a company like Amazon, they have, a, I think it's like $50 per customer. They're, each employee is allowed to spend $50 to make sure a customer signs up to Prime or signs up to be a regular customer. So let's call commi- commission the first time cost of acquisition. After that, it's down to you to get them in your own sales funnel, own the data and remarket to them for the future. So I'd say about 30 to 40%, that's quite okay to have through the OTAs and 60% direct if you can work towards that. Though, so 60% direct bookings is a big success, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you, Craig, for coming on today so we can learn through your your knowledge of, of hospitality from the hotel world, you have a gift to give listeners, don't you? Yes, I've got a little, because my, my job really is SEO and digital marketing. I've got a PDF that you can download and it's at least 15 tips that you can do yourself of SEO, actionable tips that you can do yourself. So I, I feel people are a little bit afraid of SEO because it's, it's a technical word. Well, mm-hmm. I call SEO for hospitality serving excellent opportunities. That's what SEO stands for me. And we're serving people. Uh, so download those tips. I think you, you're going to put it in the show notes, aren't you, Jen? And these are simple things you can do yourself to make your website work better, to align with your audience and to attract the right audience that you want. So tell us again, what does SEO stand for? With you? But for me, it stands yeah, for, for serving excellent opportunities. Serving because we're in excellent opportunities. I love it. It sounds okay. so much better than search engine optimization. Absolutely. Yeah, we're in hospitality. So that's what we need to think about. That's it. Yeah. We are. We're in hospitality. Yeah. Well, thank you, Craig. I'm going to put 
the link to your your free SEO guide in the show notes. Um, where else can people connect with you? Well, I'm on I'm on Instagram, but I don't use it. That's web underscore marketing underscore services. <laughs> don't use that one. And I'm on I'm on LinkedIn all the time. That's my main thing. Just Craig Webb. You, you'll see me. Great. I'll put a link to that and show us. Maybe yeah. we won't put your Instagram. That's really good for a digital marketer to be to be. Yes, yes. I, it's like the the tailor's suit. You know, I, I don't I don't look after my own social. I always doing it for other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I always think of the cobbler and their you know got cobbler no shoes. shoes. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely me. Thank you, Craig, so much for coming on today. No problem, pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.